Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Woo! Hey, this is the Nature Boy Rick Flip. And believe it or not, whether you like it or don't like it, learn to love it. Because you have to listen to Wrestling Is Real. It is the best thing going today woo! celebrating nine years of podcast excellence the king of podcasts radio network proudly presents the wrestling is real podcast because wrestling needs us here we are another wrestling is real podcast yours truly king of podcast here with you we're only three months away leading down the line towards the eventual 10th anniversary of the program December 18, 2012 was the start of the series and somewhere in December of 2022 we will yours truly will be celebrating the 10th anniversary of this program of which I've hosted every program except for one and that's it otherwise you're talking about episode 722 here on the program we're going to talk about Logan Paul Roman Reigns that was earlier on the week that we now know that match has been set for Crown Jewel. That is the next title defense for Roman Reigns, most likely. And there's other people that are in the mix that they might have as, you know, sacrificial lambs for Roman Reigns until WrestleMania and see where things go with him. But in the meantime, we got to talk about Dynamite Grand Slam, which just wrapped up tonight. And Soraya has arrived in AEW, the former Paige. What a pop she got for tonight. We have new tag team champions and they claimed. We have a once again AEW World Champion and John Moxley and Chris Jericho becoming the first, his first time as Ring of Honor World Champion. So very newsworthy night over there on AEW. And they did a good job. When you're looking at having to go and kind of do everything where this is the really first big show that he had since All Out, trying to work things out here. And now we're at this point, and they did a good job. So we'll talk about that real quick. And then we're going to look at some of the things when it comes to the main event picture, which has been my ongoing subject for weeks now. I can't help myself. I'm going to keep going after it over and over and over again. Because what has to happen here is, regardless of what's going on, WWE has to have an answer. Because you need to realize that Monday Night Football last week took a dent on the Monday Night Raw ratings. It's the best gauge, the best test of how things can go in terms of how well WWE can do, do against the other competitors. The other major sports out there 
when they're having something else on against them head to head. Unopposed, it's a different story. But seeing that Raw gets pretty handled, I mean, the fact that they are losing their audience now, a good chunk of the audience that would normally lose, that's not here now because of Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football is getting over almost 20 million viewers, and Raw itself pulling 1.5 million plus viewers this week, another drop. There's a lack of star power there. Star power to the point that it will, it's a crossover appeal that will get people to go and change the channel and stick with USA Network instead of going right to the game. But they can't help themselves. There's nothing going up against the game. Maybe there's nothing they can do. But for them, they have to be counter-programming. They tried that tonight with the women. Or Monday night, they tried that with the women. With Damage Control, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka, it didn't work. They tried it on the front and the back. It did not work. Nice try, but needed to come up with something else from the drawing board that's going to work. That's going to draw, draw out the attention. We'll talk about that. So let's go and go into what happened at Grand Slam. So a number of things came out of the night. The night starts off with Claudio Castiglione and Chris Jericho, Ring of Honor World title. Hell of a match. They get 15 minutes for the match, and Jericho wins with a low blow. So they can revisit Claudio trying to get back after this belt. But now you have a prop, a, a title for Chris Jericho to hold with the JAS that they can continue that storyline. Now, will it be down the line that we'll get Jericho and Castagnoli at the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view whenever that's scheduled? Will that be Final Battle coming up? It will have to be that show. But we haven't had any word about that yet. Then they go right into another title match with the Acclaimed and Swerve in Our Glory. The Acclaimed, we thought, could have won it at All Out. Well, they decided to go ahead and make that switch now. 13 minutes for that match. Then you have MGF confronting Willer Yuta. Pac retains the All-Atlantic Championship over Orange Cassidy. Tony Storm retains the AW Interim Women's Championship. And then you got Moxley. I mean, they just give you title matches across the board on this Grand Slam show. A lot of time in this match, almost 20 minutes, and Moxley wins. I actually thought Danielson would come away from with it. But they gave you a really solid show. And when you look at just the outcome of what they had, you had a lot of veterans that carried the show quite a bit. What you did have your pillars that were definitely part of tonight's show. When you look at the acclaimed, when you look at MJF, and when you look at Orange Cassidy, all featured tonight pretty prominently. And seeing Soraya come in here, I'm wondering what they're going to do in terms of how she's going to be injected into the women's division. Where does she start off with? Does she start with Britt Baker? which I think would be a great move for her right now. Britt Baker would be the best person to put in here and see if we can get some more words with those two. That's a feud that would be great. And then Tony Stork can move along to another feud with another star going after her belt, whatever that might be. So we have to see what they're going to do with that and what they're going to go forward with that. Then a lot more with Rampage Grand Slam. You got Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara now in a lights-out match. Action Bronson, a hook against Matt Menard, Angel Parker. 
And the Diamante going after the TBS champion, Jay Cargill. A lot of good stuff right there. And Brody King, Brody Mario Matthews, House of Black facing Darby Allen and Sting in an ODQ. So, good stuff. Now, overall, AEW is continuing to go what they're doing. I mean, I, I like the fact that, you know, Tony Khan continues to still keeps doing he, things like he wants. It's his own agenda. And hearing everyone always wanted the Monday Night, Monday Night Quarterback, this guy's thinking, this guy's booking his decisions. And feeling that, the, that we need to go ahead and see from the minds of the people that want to book this show, the my podcast wrestling brethren, the former wrestlers out there that are on their own shows, thinking they, they we need to go and do things that, let's take things back to what the Attitude Era was or what WCW was. Let's try something else. The one thing I can tell you is that at least with Tony Khan, it's different. It's always been different. And I just, I mean, it's a style. It works. It's, there's a routine to it. Oh, because of the fact that there are fans that might not stay in lockstep with the show on a regular basis. Well, you have to. Like a soap opera. And soap operas, you have to pretty much stay on board. And then there's a little bit of some things you can have that will help you catch back up. But the whole idea is that you have to do what you can to try to build that audience up and try to make something out of it. You just can't continue to go ahead and... We just... I like the, the idea of going counter-programming. And not just having it where every star out there is doing the same thing. I guess the same stars every week out there on a regular basis. You get a rotation. So some stars are going to be seen. Some are not sure. Some are going to be left by the, on the wayside. But you know what? Do we need to have those stories told every single week? No, I don't think so. I think what they could do is make Rampage a spot that is more consistently having some of these other stars where... Andrade and Roosh's storylines are built in there. With the Hardys are going to be somewhere. If you're going to do something with Miro, if, you know, the House of Black of what's left of it is continue to be used going forward. Anything with the former Team Taz. The Trustbusters. The Firm. Like, there's so many factions that could get some time over here that could get some things going on on these shows. Let's build that out and get some of those stars there. And not just put them on elevation. Because I think that's the other thing is that sometimes elevation is kind of used to where they could use some of the stars over on Rampage and put some other featured matches out. Of where you always have feuds going on in Rampage to continue to keep that show engaging. Yeah, it's tough to do on Friday nights at 10 o'clock. It's like I never watch it on live at, or me, as it happens on Friday nights at 10. I watch it after the fact recorded because I'm not going to have time. It's just a. If Friday nights at 10 are just a tough, it's a tough night to do that. But that's what they have, and they're trying to do something off of it. The ratings are never going to be great for that show, but as long as they're not falling too far apart under the half a million group so far, that's what they have to do. And the same thing with Battle of the Bells. The timing's just not great. And they know it because it's also taped. But they're also doing the thing where they're trying to do some live, some tape, things like that, which it helps too. So I like what they did. So I wanted to make that point about AEW to start off the night. It was good tonight. And I'm continuing to be satisfied with what they're doing. Listen, the most important thing that 
as I get ready to transition to my comments about WWE, WWE this week, I'll say this. That AEW has been able to build stars. Better. In the la and this is also where Vince might have missed out on certain stars and building them up. Austin Theory, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan to a point. I think they've been built up and they've been well made into significant stars in the company now. But when you look at what AEW's done, like they have been building and making stars. And you look at who came out tonight. Acclaim was actually coming out to a great pop as a tag team out there. And then I'm saying to myself, okay, you also have Orange Cassidy. It doesn't matter whether they put him into the mix, whether he's out there as best friends, whether he's out there with whatever. Orange Cassidy is still a draw he gets over. MJF is a major draw. And we'll talk about him in a minute. And so the main event star power that they're starting to build over on AEW, they have a future of major stars they can build for their brand. They're not going to be at the level of what WWE does, okay? Still the number two promotion. So for them to build main eventers, it's a different story for them because they're going to be about as main event as you can have where they would be main eventers in any other organization. Minus WWE, okay? Now, granted, there might be certain stars that might not pull a mainstream card and really go off the rails. I think MJF has the best chance to. And then, you know, you got Chris Jericho and you got Danielson and Moxley. And Maybe at some point they'll all be having some crossover appeal, but also they're just, you got a lot of wrestlers. And they're good promos cutters, but they're still is professional wrestlers. AEW is not building stars like WWE superstars. They're not. There's not anyone off this group necessarily that's going to be put into some like Hollywood, you know, rocket and be sent to Hollywood and they're going to make something big. If anybody does down the line, it's MJF. I will say this over and over again. He is the top star of that company. He's the draw. He's the biggest heel in the wrestling business. Bar none. He's the young goat. This is the guy. Just hearing him in a couple of interviews this week, leading up to Grand Slam, having MJF back is a breath of fresh air. He was so needed coming back. He just blows everybody else out of the water. And let me talk about when it comes to promobility, you know, the his ring psychology. Uh, studying the game, I was absolutely mesmerized with some of the things he talked about when it comes to studying the wrestling game. The Ariel Hawani MMA Hour appearance. You have to watch that. I was giddy. I was laughing. I was amazed by how this guy is so polished and handled Ariel Hawani so well. And Ariel Hawani did an amazing job of the interview. The best interview I've seen. And I've seen MJF do, you know, the wrestling show on Barstool the last time. Brandon Walker, I wasn't necessarily all in about that. Even this one, too. Chris Van Vliet talking to him. Remember they had that and the whole deal with MJF was, you know, bringing in food room service going on at the same time and things like that. Like extra scumbag dick promo cutting on that interview. But Ariel Hawani 
got about as good a legit interview as you can get with a lot of good subjects to talk about. And I was totally engaged to that interview. It was wonderful. I want to take a few things that were talked about and just tell you how well this guy did because he is so top notch. It's synonymous with AEW. And you know what? And for those of you fans out there that think he's going to go right to WWE down the line, I, I don't think you take that guy and bring him over. And because I think if MJF's going to do it, he would actually really ask for a big paycheck. I don't know how much of this is uh, work or shoot, but I would imagine if MJF, you know, he believes in his value. He's going to have to ask for like near Roman Reigns money. He's going to have to, he's going to ask for millions. Randy Orton, Roman Reigns type money. He could command that. And if he was going to go jump ship, he would have to do that. But even he said he would jump to any company, another promotion, if they paid him. And that's what he's going to do. And he's going to keep this, you know, bargaining war 2024. He's going to keep that up. Because we don't know anything about it. But it was a very newsworthy interview. What everything he said, he handled it so damn well. And I'll tell you what. Tough questions were asked. And he didn't answer. He says he doesn't have time for rumor innuendo. Every time a question came up, he did not give a tell. He did not do anything. Wonderful. So there you go. Now, one of the things that was brought up was MGF had been on the MMA Hour with Eric Hawani last time. And reportedly, it was not cleared in advance by AEW Public Relations. This one was approved. And MGF explained, quote, Tony Khan had no choice but to understand and to deal with the fact that if you want MGF in your show, you got to abide by MGF rules. And that is simple. MGF wanted to be on the Ariel Hawani show today. Ariel Hawani show today. MGS on the Ariel Hawani show today. There was no resistance. They're terrified of me. He returned to the company on All Out. He says, pay up or daddy doesn't show up. In fact, now I took my now beautiful fiance with me to Greece. I went home, stayed home, did not leave my home. Did not want to see one single solitary fan to see me out in the wild. Because they don't deserve to see me unless I'm getting paid to be seen. Hey, great stuff. And then the point where he talks, where he doesn't necessarily go with WWE talking about it. He just says, money, I'm a simple man. I go out there, all I do is win. I'm winning in the ring. I'm winning on the mic. I'm constantly winning. Obviously, I had no problem with how I was being showcased. That wasn't the issue. The issue was money. Now, that's a telling sign. MGF has been treated great in terms of storyline. He's been built up. He's had major feuds with all the original former WWE legends that are out there with Punk. Jericho, and working with Cody off the bat, like the momentum for MJF has been nonstop. I don't care about the fact he's had different factions and he's had help, but his star has continued to rise. We knew the potential in MJF. I knew the potential MJF when I saw MLW. I love the fact he shouted out MLW and he took a couple minutes to talk about how underrated MLW is, Major League Wrestling. I'm like, wow. That is so cool. MGF hasn't lost his roots. He's still very much attached to his indie roots. Thus, why he is so attached with 
Stokely Hathaway and be able to go work together in that new faction, which is not a faction of his, but a factional retainer, a crew and retainer. And then he says here now, I was looking to my left, looking to my right, and I was hearing rumblings about what guys were making when I was two times, three times the draw. They were minute by minute. I've seen the analytics. I went, that doesn't work for me. I'm MJ freaking F pay up, not just an AW. Guys in the WWE, guys in Impact, guys in Ring of Honor at the time. I'm not saying that I was or that I wasn't being paid less than some Impact towns. I'm just saying I saw what a lot of top guys were making across the board, except I don't pay attention to New Japan. That's a garbage promotion. <laughs> so he's going to go to New Japan at some point, and that's going to be Tokyo Dome show that's going to blow up the spot. So I expect him in a Wrestle Kingdom at some day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the fact that people still talk about it like it's a, a thing is hilarious to me, whatever. The bidding war 2024 talks about. He could not talk about the press conference. He would not talk about it. But this guy also was in his heel persona, gave a lot of praise to AEW locker room. When I watch the locker room, when I watch the boys and I see how they react to certain situations, it's a team atmosphere. Everybody wants these three letters to be successful. The only three letters I care about are MJF, but everybody in AEW cares about AEW letters. I think it's palpable when you watch our show. I think you can feel it. You can feel when people go out and they're giving 110% because they just want not just to raise themselves up, but raise this brand new baby. We're a baby. It's a three-year-old company. They want to raise this baby up like it's the freaking Lion King on top of the rock. And you feel that it's palpable. So no, I read stuff online. I chuckle. It's ridiculous. Everybody wants this place to be successful. MGF wants MGF to be successful. But the locker room wants AEW to be successful. It's a team atmosphere. And one of the things that's talked about as well, for a three-year company to make such a dent right now, and the fact that Triple H is doing a much better job in WWE because it's not, it's not that continued decline like before. It's a bit of a stability, except Triple H has to find an answer to that main event, which we'll talk about. I'm going to hold off on that. I want to make my point here. And continue to finish my point about what AEW is doing right, getting their main event situation short up. 
And by the way, with a lot of major pieces shuffling around in the last month, because everything coming out of All Out, no CM Punk, no Adam Page, no Young Bucks, no Kenny Omega tonight. That's a lot of talent that's not in the picture. And for AEW, you know, they have all this talent and they have all these stars they can use. On. I wish them. We didn't even have a, FTR had an appearance. They didn't even wrestle on the show. Sting, Darby Allen. So much more that they have on this show. And they have it loaded. And they're able to, and they're most likely will pull another million viewers. So they're doing exactly what they need to do. It's consistent. And I think when you see MJF is continuously still out there on the show, tells me, and he was featured several times, in the spat with Willie Yuta, attacking Shundi Shivani, and being up there with a poker chip, watching Moxley and Danielson. All I'm telling you is I think the numbers will do well. They might pull a little bit higher than 1.2 million. I think they might be around the same spot, or they might go up a little bit of a tick. Because that's where they are. Plus, Wednesday nights, they're more or less unopposed. There is no major sports going on Wednesday nights, so they have that advantage as well. To be able to hold first, and you know, the number one in cable, most likely. Meanwhile, Monday Night Raw, they put a lot of other things in competition in front of them. Makes it tough for them to go and do anything. But for me, it's like, you look what's going on with fans that are like, they want to find every chance possible to bash and put down this company. And I just don't subscribe to it. I understand people want to feel that there's some kind of loyalty to WWE and what they've watched all these years. And to see this company come from out of nowhere and make it in. The thing is, I don't look as AEW is direct competition. They're the number two company. If you saw a few weeks ago when I talked about Triple H and the New Wrestling Alliance, the New Wrestling Alliance, I make it very clear, in the totem pole of what is higher ranked and what is not, WWE is still far enough ahead. AEW is a solid second place. And then you have the third tier of companies where there's Impact, MLW, NWA. Ring of Honor, I can't really put a finger where they are because they still don't have a, a, their own set platform. All they have are the pay-per-view. But with that said, you can't ask for better in this new wrestling alliance. MLW is finally going to come back with shows after what was going on with the last tapings and whatever was going on. They just took some time off. But Fusion's coming back. I can't wait for that. It's just it's sorely needed. NWA has been doing great stuff. I like what they're doing. Impact, I'm a little bit worn out with the Honor No More storyline. We can see a little more refreshing up. So we'll see what they do with Bound for Glory. Impact a little bit stagnant right now and we could use something going on with them to really help out but i'm not much into the team impact versus honor no more i think i'm kind of starting to wear out from that it's a little bit much now AEW, for whatever reason the fans that are diehard wwe fans the core fans they can't help themselves but continue to go ahead and put down AEW for whatever reason. Okay. Whatever floats your boat. And the fact is, you know, if Tony Khan makes some vague comments, which obviously he knows what he's doing with it, are you ready for some football, right? Things like that. You know, 
shoes on the other foot, of course, his show is going to suffer against Monday Night Football if he was on the same time slot. Pretty clear that, okay? We know that. But his product's not inferior. But you are talking about a show in Monday Night Raw has been around much longer. And, you know, it's like, a, like an old soap opera. You have to find a way to kind of get that show back with renewed vision. And a renewed sense of virality. And that doesn't mean just building up the mid-card and then getting your core audience, whatever's left of it, to come back and engage. Because they might have come back and engaged, but the problem is now is that the audience went down again. And Monday Night Football is taking a bigger dent than ever. And WWE has not found anything to make people get their eyeballs off of Monday Night Football. Look, I'm watching Monday Night Football while watching Raw. Just no doubt about it. And that's I, I mean, it's been always an ongoing problem. And sure, they've had that for a long time. But ESPN's gotten their shit together. They did the right thing with the announce crew. We've talked all about it. Their matches have been very good. There's not much slowing down for them. And then when you look at what they're trying to do on the main roster for Raw and what they're doing with the shows, they're very consistent on their storylines. They're very consistent on the feuds they want to focus on. And that's what they're going to do. It's not anything where they're still doing that part. Okay? They still consistently feature the same acts on Raw and or SmackDown, but they are not so cookie cutter and just putting the same matches together. Sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not. But also the storylines are a bit better, and you at least see some progression. And you're seeing when you need to see certain stars winning and getting the momentum to become you know, something better and get something more out of them, they are doing that. When I look what they've done so far, they gave us Bobby Lashley and Seth Regan Rollins, U.S. title. It was very good. Now, they gave us this match, and it's about two of your best stars. You try to give them a real hot championship match, hoping that's going to hold on to the audience and keep them around. And you could try that and see if it does any good. But they went up against a very tough ESPN then Monday Night Football. They just did. Now, ESPN and ABC are splitting up the job on terms of what's being shown because when you look at they did the, the two games this week with, by the way, Monday Night Football was two games. So you really couldn't do much with that there with a, two games that lapped over. All right. That's going to be tough. And when you do that, it's like, what are you going to do? The ABC had their own Monday Night Football game that started at normal time, 828, 12 million viewers. The demographics on that for network, over the moon. Men, women 18 to 49, a 20.2 demographic share. 36.1 for men. Everybody and their mother, if they're watching TV, they're watching Monday Night Football on Monday nights now. And nothing else is coming near it. When you look at the now the network programming that's on, you have shows that are getting between four and six thousand viewers. Like what the voice gets six thousand six million views, excuse me, and four million viewers, five million for all the CBS shows, and that's it. And then you look over 
on cable. Everybody else is kind of just in their own lanes. There wasn't any other shows that really stood out that would go directly up against Raw or football. But Raw struggled. Okay? Placing 5th, 6th, and 7th. Now, that's still pretty consistent. They did get 1.7 million viewers for hour one. So, starting off the night with Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley was a good, smart move. But that consistent drop-off was big. Down to 1.623. Down hour three to 1.449. And across the board, and ESPN had their own other game that started at 7 o'clock and rolls into 10.30 at night. 6.5 million viewers on that. Almost 6.6. And they're also just destroying on the demographics. They're getting, what, almost 10 times more ratings to the target demographics in WWE. There's just no, no way to get around it. And so, they don't have an answer for this now. And unfortunately, WWE is going to have to continue to suffer like this for the next few months. They're going to deal with this through the holidays. There's not much they can do. I mean, you can't move them. You can't go anywhere else. They're going to have to, to deal with it. They might have to try to find some things that will just try to peak a rating, but they can't do much more. It's the base audience they have. They have nothing right now that will cross over and bring people onto the show. The only thing you could do is with SmackDown. So Raw's going to take the hit. SmackDown, in the meantime, has to continue to do well. Has no choice. But so far, it looks like it's been doing fine. Because when you look at the numbers for SmackDown, they're holding up. Now, before the start of the new season of shows, you see that Friday Night SmackDown pulled 2.2 million viewers and dominated for men 18 to 49. And tied for women 18 to 49. So they were strong. They held on very strong. The overall viewership is going to stay where it's at. Like only Shark Tank was a show that was able to go ahead and or top them or Dateline Friday. That's about it. But SmackDown is at a good spot right now. It's holding up. It's doing pretty well. Not much to complain about there. So they have... There isn't anybody they have right now that's being built up that could lead up to that crossover major superstar appeal. They don't have that right now. And they don't even have any existing stars that could really pull that off because they can't put Roman Reigns over on SmackDown. No. Or off of SmackDown to Raw. They can't do it at the moment. So they did everything with the Damage Control Celebration. They put that out there. Kevin Owens, Austin Theory had a good match. Good matches across the board. Like nothing slowed down. The Judgment Day, Rey Mysterio, Matt Riddle storyline, that held up. Dexter Loomis crashing Miss TV. It wasn't like they weren't trying to make things happen. They were, you know, WWE had to just go along with their normal flow. They weren't trying to do anything outside of their normal routine, working with the show that they have. Pretty much it. I'm going through the review here from Russell Rant. They talk about how the fact is, you know, it's a well-structured show, above-average opener, quality stuff, including storyline advancement. Sprinkled throughout the episode, Raw's done an excellent job of lately of holding attention and delivering engaging content, which is this. 
That's all you can do right now. But what has to be considered is the evaluation, or what are you going to do to get WrestleMania season up? Once football is gone, you have to have a plan at Royal Rumble, after WrestleMania. You have to have a plan in place where it can't be any more like it is now, where Roman Reigns continues to be champion. Usos continue to be champions, holding two belts, respectively. They have to break that off somehow. I don't know what you do with that. I don't know how you do that. You're not doing a draft. That'll do anything with that. There are no other stars you have right now at all. The fact you beat Drew McIntyre, you beat Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns did. There's not many other stars you have left. I mean, Bobby Lashley still being U.S. champion, he could be. I mean, if you draft him over to SmackDown, he gets a chance to go after the undisputed titles. Bobby Lashley could be a great opponent, but they're not considering him right now. We know that Braun Strowman coming back will most likely be sent as a sacrificial lamb to the tribal chief. Logan Paul is the latest sacrificial lamb. So look, there's a lot of stories being talked about as to why Logan Paul was in. And I could have told you that Logan Paul's here because of the fact that they need to have him be a part of a show like this. For Crown Jewel, he fits exactly like you don't want to see Logan Paul and Roman Reigns in a different show. You want to see him on the Crown Jewel show. As we know, when Brock, when we've had Roman Reigns have any opponents of Crown Jewel, it's been like a Goldberg or you know someone else that's been brought back, like Edge. That's what you've done. So to have Roman Reigns get someone that's kind of a you know they could build Logan Paul up and give him the chance. Hey, one lucky shot, and they did the press conference you know they did uh, put it all together because of the fact that nick khan that guy's got his connections in vegas and they were already there for the canelo alvarez triple g fight the big boxing match that happened this weekend so they were all set there and WWE was already there you know triple h and stephanie and nick they all showed up over there so yeah they put this all together it just kind of worked out the plan to be in vegas so let's do this in vegas where all the fights always get promoted in Vegas. So why not? Now, did this actually get a whole lot of press? Did Logan call did Logan Paul get a lot of press as a result of doing this here? That's the question. At the moment, if I look at Logan Paul WWE right now, 10.9 million results. That was a trend. Is it doing much more after this here? I don't know. But if I look at the headlines, okay, USA Today talked about him. ESPN reported. And then I see dirt sheets talking about this after the fact. But there's not much else when it comes to who really came out to promote this event. Not on major sports outlets. So it's not any mainstream appeal. No entertainment people are talking about this. And that's partly because of the fact Logan Paul is an internet celebrity, not a television celebrity. Now, it got some mainstream attention, new eyes on the product due to Paul's massive following. And Dave Meltzer talked about that 
The match has more to do with Saudi Arabia than it does anything going on in the storylines. Logan Paul is a big deal in Saudi Arabia, and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is said to be a big fan of Logan Paul because he's probably seen the pay per view fights he's done, the exhibition matches he's been doing of boxing as of late with the likes of KSI and Conor McGregor and all this stuff, right? The Saudi government, largely led by MBS, pays the money to put these special attraction bouts, including the celebrity matches. And so, one thing is, is that the crown president's government, they want to have these A-list celebrities into the kingdom to revamp their image to be more entertainment friendly. And Logan Paul, plain and simple, can bring more mainstream media attention than Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, or even Brock Lesnar. Period. Reigns will retain the title of Crown Jewel as plans call for him to be champion at least into early 2023, perhaps going into WrestleMania 39 in April. But nobody knows how they're going to finish that Paul versus Reigns match. Hey, I mean, it's at least, a, you know, the promos would be pretty good. I and mean, at least Logan Paul will be able to wrestle good enough to make the match interesting. Like, I don't think they're going to fall and flatten their faces, but I think Roman Reigns will not have to spend too much time in the ring with Logan Paul. But hey, Logan Paul getting into this match, another big, you know, like prize money fight. It's the kind of thing that Logan Paul does, but in the world of WWE, he's going to lose. We know that. Not much else you could do with that storyline right there. And for people to be upset by that, it's just what it is. Meanwhile, while the mainstream media attention WWE cannot bring on their own, which was part of the thing that Vince McMahon was so synonymous with, Nick Khan's going to realize, well, if the company is not able to build their own stars now, at a certain level where they get crossover appeal, then we need to bring the media attention to us. So Logan Paul, Bad Bunny when available, those kind of stars are going to get brought over. At Tyson Fury, they talked to him at Clash the Castle. He might come back in as well. Dwight Howard, Triple H has already publicly said, hey, come on down. So for now, WWE is going to continue to take celebrities and bring them on the shows. They have nothing else they can do because they are so light on that high level upper echelon larger than life main event superstars they have great superstars now that can be in the main event on any given pay-per-view but we're talking about the main pay-per-views okay one of the things i give credit for when it comes to what triple h did is the fact that survivor series throughout the whole idea of you know just doing that traditional survivor series you might still have it but you get war games instead. Smart. And war games, I think, used to be held in November in the first place. So war games now being held here on the main roster, it's a good move. And leaving it there gives you the bragging rights, gives you a good gimmick match that will get people to watch. So I like that part altogether. And you can obviously put some feuds together that will make that those matches important. That will draw people to watch those shows. That'll be exciting to watch. So when Survivor Series is done, then you just keep the build up to day one. So you got a plan for Crown Jewel. You got a plan for Extreme Rules. Survivor Series War Games. And then you're on the road to day one and WrestleMania season starting up. But there is no one they have right now whether they can bring up from the main, from the, they, there's nobody they can call up from the NXT roster right now. 
that can make that big of a difference. There is no one on the main roster now, nobody that they're bringing back that would have made much of a difference. And for all those that thought, well, why did Soraya sign with AEW? Why didn't she go back to, why didn't WWE reach out to her and bring her back? I mean, it still comes down to Soraya wouldn't have made that much of a dent in the mainstream crossover appeal in general. That wouldn't have happened either. Because WWE really needs to make main event stars that are much bigger than like the, the, the writer I just wrote about says. They have to be bigger than Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Brock Lesnar. There's a threshold for those stars. I mean, there's not much more you can get in terms of getting them to be noticed or recognized outside of the wrestling world. The wrestling world is going to, of course, respect and enjoy, and so do I. But this is what WWE has been built to, de- to, to be. Like Triple H, he wants to have a regular wrestling company. Listen, if Triple H had an AEW and his, the, the size of the company was an AEW, then what he's doing is great. Okay? If his booking right now was where he was trying to compete, so, I mean, and I know, just work with me on this. Say that. WWE right now was at the same level as AEW. Then WWE is now a very good direct competitor. Like, say if you take away all the 45 years before them. And say WWE has just started themselves three years ago. With the roster that they have, it's pretty damn good. But it's the Vince fact. Or it's now going to be the Nick factor. I'm sure Nick Khan wants to be able to have that level of stars that are just going to be Hollywood noticeable. They're going to be so crossover. Because I mean, he coming out of the CAA, out of that whole Hollywood vibe, he wants stars in his wrestling company, in that wrestling company, that are going to be to that level. And he's hoping that, you know, they're obviously hoping that the next in line stars will do that. If Gable Steveson can get himself out and be a part of this, if some of the other NL, NIL stars are going to make themselves something when they move on their way up. But they have to hit pay dirt on somebody that's going to go viral and people are going to be talking about. Because I, dare I say this, before one of those types of stars makes it really big and hits that pinnacle, no pun intended, and people just start recognizing him, I think MJF will make that level first. Once MJF is champion, I mean, he is going to skyrocket. He is so over with this crowd. And I think with what you have him do as champion, and whatever is going to be able to be done for him to get noticed and get recognized. You need an MJF to really back up that company, be the face of that company, and build up. I mean, get him booked on some other shows. Like, get him booked on the late night shows. Get him booked on, you know, sports shows, whatever. Do what you got to do. You know what? Book MJF on Inside the NBA. I'm not kidding. Book him on Inside the NBA for the NBA season. Do it. And whatever you got to do. And see what happens here. Because like, man, something's going to happen there. And so I'm just waiting to find out what, what can be done and what, what we can actually get that can really 
be the difference? Because I don't have an answer for this. What Triple H has done, they have a plan for the rest of the year, and it's a good plan to get themselves the WrestleMania season. Now, if The Rock comes back for Roman Reigns, they have WrestleMania answered. That's a monster match to have, and that will help sell WrestleMania in Hollywood. But what else do you have? What else is next? Let's run through a few more details here. The Ringer put a story out about how Bobby Lashley and Gunther have helped the mid-card for WWE Soar. Let's see what they actually say about that real quick. And that the fact is that the U.S. and Intercontinental Championships have helped to create a lane, you know, to let them really stand out. So the story that's brought up here by the ringer and Nick Bond, he talks about how the case of a local champion becoming the face of your brand while another traveling champion represents the larger organization as a whole is as tale as old as the territory. And it's been retrofitted to retail since at least the beginning of the summer. And so SmackDown, though bloodline business is still significant on the show, Gunther, as IC champion, has found himself involved in the main event or as part of the show's biggest match nearly every week since SummerSlam. And the numbers reflect the return to the promise of the two championships through their holders. Uh, their reign started during the previous era. Lashley's in July. Gunther's is a little less than a month. The kind of push that the championships themselves have received under Triple H is decidedly different under Vince. So as Roman Reigns' path through WWE's pantheon makes him increasingly untouchable in ring and ephemeral on screen, means the usual modus operandi of having the most popular slash significant performer on each roster and almost every show with a fight or 15-minute promo isn't currently possible. Simply isn't a structural or pacing issue for the writing staff either. Networks want stars or stakes on their show, and having neither Roman Reigns nor the most valuable asset on the air is definitely not something Fox or NBC slash USA thought was best for business. The expectation set by WWE and most of modern television professional wrestling is that the name or the world championship is the same as the one on the marquee or at the very least working the show. Now we know that the last two years for Lashley has seen Lashley earn two runs with the WWE title, one with a successful defense at WrestleMania 37 against Drew McIntyre, and two US title reigns. And he's been embedded now as a top star on Raw for a while now. His time of the ring over the last few years has been the best run of his career. And Lashley's the only random person that would make sense for beating Roman Reigns for the Unified Championships. That unlike McIntyre, Rollins, Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, Cody Rhodes, or Austin Theory, there's no real reason Lashley would be after Reigns outside of his title. His current positioning, it might be the least shocking from a betting perspective. Hey, Cody Rhodes is the only one that's left. Now, as for Gunther, He's already had in the last three months 24 Intercontinental Championship defenses. The IC title may feel as though it has too much prestige to be elevated by someone else less than a year of main roster experience, but this is nostalgia doing the only thing it can, rotting your brain to the point of obsolescence. And then attempts by megastars like Seth Rollins to return the title of prominence in main event pay-per-view matches, but the championship fell depressingly flat. They go along and keep going on here now. So the idea is now that treating the IC title as a semiotic means the narrative the end, the, the, means in the narrative end of raising the profile of the person 
who had it before moving up to the card. Ends up being symbolic of the idea is used to mean that. So, sure, Lashley and Gunther are basically the champions best promoted now on both brands, which is great. But that's mid-card. The mid-card is solidified. The mid-card issues that might have been on those shows, they're fixed. There's something else left to do. Now, the other thing they've been doing right now to keep things kind of viral, which has kept viral, is the White Rabbit, right? Difference in Airplanes, White Rabbit being played during house shows and between commercial breaks on TV shows of Raw and SmackDown and people not knowing what that is. But people are all saying it's most likely a possible Bray Wyatt return. And most recently, they had a they had something go up when White Rabbit was played in the arena on a recent show, and they put the time 9.23. So that could mean the SmackDown show coming up Friday, September 23rd. No. Yeah. September 23rd, this Friday, and most likely at 9.23 p.m., we might actually see whoever it is behind the White Rabbit gimmick or what this music is supposed to be entail. Now, we know that Triple H has been doing a thing where he's had backstage stuff going on in the background, and, you know, he hasn't been putting everything right in your face and making it so obvious. There's been a lot of nuances, a lot of subtle things, subtle cues going on in the background that he has been doing in the meantime. And most recently, WWE has been teasing something around a white rabbit, next to no reference on TV, and... As the story I'm reading here from the Sportster, they talk about how WWE felt very entirely unpredictable by the book and uncreative. So now they got this here. And so fans have noticed, they talk about it online, a lot of discussions about what's happening, what's maybe coming next. And so you look at what's going on, you have this song played by Jefferson Airplane at live events and the ad breaks of some TV shows. And there's been different things that have been put up. They had a hangman with the white rabbit up on the screen question who you who killed the world and the answer on the hang on the hangman uh, clue is you did. Then WWE flashed up a QR code when scanned it took fans to a game of hangman. And observant fans knows that exactly 923 p.m. during the show a fan of the crowd helped with a QR code, taking fans to yet another tease regarding a white rabbit. So, fans are getting excited about the prospect of who this is in reference to, leading the fans researching and delving all information, creating links, ultimately causing more excitement. Yeah, he is baiting the core audience. Seeing if this is definitely going to be a return of Bray Wyatt. The common consensus now is Bray Wyatt, with many fans online finding even more links which come back to him. And what I'm wondering is what they're going to do with the Bray Wyatt character coming back. It's eventually going to be that he'll come back, but what will it be? Is what I want to figure out. And I'm not sure. Alright, I'm going to take one other story coming up, I know, in a couple of weeks. Impact Wrestling will feature Bound for Glory, their biggest show of the year so far. We have two title matches scheduled so far. Jordan Grace will take on Masha Slamovich for the Impact Knockouts title. 
The Impact World title will have Josh Alexander defending against Eddie Edwards. The only thing that's been unfortunate right now is that the ratings for Impact Wrestling have been taking a tumble, which tells me a lot. It's very formulaic, and I think some of the storylines are having a little bit stagnant of what they're doing right now. But they've not been doing so well of what we're able to see so far. So going back to what? Slammiversary? They were pulling over 100,000 viewers, but then they've had a couple of tumbles down. August 1st, 115,000, 131,000 for August 8th to the 12th, 92,000 for August 15th to the 19th, and then the last week of August, 111,000. They had 60,000 viewers the night of Monday night, or the, the debut of Thursday Night Football. So yeah, they were going to do well there. But man, that's a big chunk of their audience. And now they're going to have to compete with Thursday Night Football themselves. So Impact Wrestling is going to hurt. I don't know what you do right now. But you get half your audience is gone. Woo! There's no way to... And, and you know what? It's also going up against a show that's not even on cable. It's on Amazon. But it's more than enough for people to say, man, they're just getting knocked out of the water. There's just not much they can do, which is very unfortunate for them. But we'll find out what they're going to do soon enough and see if we can get somewhere with that anyways. So now there is coming up the MLW Super Series, which will be part of what MLW uh, will be doing for their tapings coming up. I don't want to do any spoilers. I do know that Willie Mack is now going to join MLW and he will take on Jacob Fatu, which has already happened. And Willie Mack will be appearing at the Fightland 2022 event at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, whenever that's supposed to be. Among other things. And one of the other things that's going on, too, I've been watching a lot of NWA, as I said, and they're doing a lot of things now for this show coming up November 12th in New Orleans, Hard Times 3. And so far, we have three matches already scheduled. They're all title matches. The NWA United States Tag Team Championship match, the Fixers versus the Spectaculars, Camille versus Ty Valkyrie, and another rematch for the women's world title, the Burke. And for the 10 pounds of gold, Trevor Murdoch will defend the NWA's World's Heavyweight Championship against Matt Cardona. That'll be good. And I've, like I said, I've enjoyed NWA. Had more time to go and watch it because MLW has not been there for me. But NWA has been pretty consistent they had a nice crowd for nwa 74 they did a good job now with the power and usa tapings where we got more people in the audience their shows have been good you know they got some quirky characters i mean the one thing with billy corgan is that he does like his quirky character the miserably faithful the likes of sal the pal gags the gimp right magic jig dumas mercurio right all these different wacky stars drill billy silas mason which besides the uh, besides the um, the transsexual uh, Poyo Damar that has accompanied him to the ring, that guy's good. He's pretty damn good. They have some diamonds in the rough over there. Joe Alonso's quite good. It's not bad. NWA they they do need some more things to happen. I would love to see Nick Aldis work more. I remember seeing some rumor that Nick Aldis might get picked up by WWE. I'm like, no. They're not taking Nick Aldis. I mean, I wouldn't be, I would be surprised if they did. But now, would they sign Nick Aldis and then Triple H is like, 
bring him up to the uh, the main roster, the national treasure. Do you think you Nick all this? I don't think he makes the much of the uh, moves the needle at all. And I'm not saying he's not great. Nick Aldis is fantastic. Thank you for building the NWA for five years as you have. Thank you. You know, you've made your legacy there. I don't know if he needs to go over to WWE or not. Don't. So anyway, that's the show. Might be a little bit under an hour, but that's okay. But we had a good night. Grand Slam was fun. And I'll continue to go after this main event solution right now because i like to figure out some ideas and i'd love to hear what all of you in the audience think so if you don't mind go to wrestlingisrael.com which is the home to everything that's going on with this show you can find the video version of the show the new episode on youtube you can find it right there the latest audio episodes they're all there all the archives where you can subscribe to the show where you can follow me and you can also write to me directly there's a form on the bottom of the page wrestlingisreal.com make sure to bookmark it check it out and if you go and subscribe on Apple or Spotify make sure to put a big fat 5 star rating on here give me a good review on here I'd really appreciate that and thank you from all you people around the world that listen to the show whether in the UK India Australia you know Europe, Asia all together thank you for listening every week to the show come back for another Wrestling Is Real podcast because wrestling needs us thank you for listening to the wrestling is real podcast you can find all previous episodes at wrestlingisreal.com or subscribe to the show on all major podcast outlets including apple amazon google spotify and iHeartRadio. follow the king of podcasts on twitter facebook and instagram at king of podcasts and search King of Podcasts on YouTube or type youtube.com slash jbrasco951. This has been a presentation of the King of Podcasts Radio Network.